The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. You're in the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Hanna. On the other end of my nine-foot homemade oak bar, this podcast, both superintendents of District 124 breaking down every question I can ask them about reopening schools, and John Brand from Open Outcry. He's got a brand new beer he wants to show it off. The EP Podcast is brought to you proudly by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. First National Bank of Evergreen Park dedicated to supporting our area with great banking tools and friendly service. They are a true community bank, providing our neighborhood with customized financial solutions like total access checking and account with free ATMs nationwide. Plus, when you, an EP podcast listener, open up a total access checking account today, you get a $300 bonus. All you have to do is visit bankevergreenpark.com slash eppod to learn more, $100 required to open, requirements to qualify, must use link to apply, member FDIC. We're going to talk school reopenings with both the superintendents of District 124, but before that, sitting down right now with me and Hannah, John Brand from Open Outcry over at 109th and Western Avenue. He stops by all the time. How are you, my friend? I'm well, Chris. How are you? So, John, what did you bring in for us tonight? I want. I need a beer because here's what's happened in the last 10 minutes. Well, actually, in the last half hour, you showed up early while I was sitting in the back <laughs> eating dinner, and, and all of a sudden, like my kids, like there's a guy out in the in the in the backyard, and it, <laughs> moving the furniture around. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you're like, I'm just, I'll be back in a little bit, and I'm like, all right, cool. And I start getting everything set up here. And my wife broke three bar glasses back here behind the bar (laughs) because I don't know what she was doing. She somehow bumped into a cord and knocked over some glasses underneath the shelf. There was glass all over the place. So she's cleaning it up. You get to the uh, driveway. My five-year-old questions you on whether or not you have COVID. Yeah, well, no, he, not COVID. He said, do you have the corona? (laughs) (laughs) Like questioning him through the kitchen window, like hesitant to let him like come in through the back door. Like, wait a minute. And I said, do you have the corona? And I said, buddy, do you have the corona? (laughs) More importantly, <laughs> and his answer was no. I don't have the, I don't corona. Have the corona, but you look suspect, my friend. I know. Okay. So then, uh, and then, just before we started, I stepped on a piece of glass that my wife missed sweeping Uh-oh. up Uh-oh. and picked it out of my foot. I didn't say anything to you about that. Then I flip on the microphones and they're not working. Mm-hmm. So now we've we've had the base. The show must go on. Uh, we're off to a good start. Yeah, we're off to a great start. <laughs> Luckily, we have a bar and we have beer. So. Tell me a little bit here. I need a drink to get me going, and well, then we're going to talk to the superintendents from District 124, and then we're going to get back to you and talk more beer. But what did you bring in here for us to try tonight? So let's get let's get this in you. I'll make you feel better, okay? Yeah. Uh, this is a beer that I'm really, really proud of. It's we, it's called Spot Market, okay? We, it's the first time we've made this, and it's an Amer- it's an American it's a traditional American stout. Uh, our head brewer Will Turner. Uh, has been making traditional American stouts for a very, very long time. This is a beer he's wanted to do for a very long time. He's done iterations of this in the past at some previous stops, but it's the first time he's done an open outcry. And it's one of my favorite beers that he's ever done. So think American stout, um, full-bodied, toasty, a lot of coffee characteristics in it as well. Uh, what's cool about this stout is that it's also aggressively hopped. The bitterness in this beer is pretty aggressive, which matches that aggressive 
roastiness in it, and you're going to get a ton of hop, like hop flavors in it as well. So a lot of pine and a lot of citrus. The hops you use in this are imparting citrus and pine notes. It's just a really, really, really fun beer to drink. It's also 7.2%. So yeah, let's get to that part. Right. Uh, so, yeah, but I like that. Okay. Yes. Like I had a friend of mine. I, I went over to his house the other night, and I, I did one of those things where I snuck out of the house. My wife had gone off to go do something with my daughter all day long. It, it, they're finally getting to her eighth grade graduation this week, which is crazy. She's gone to two weeks of softball workouts with Mother Macaulay, and then a she just started band camp this week. So uh, Mother Macaulay is going back, or is they that, are going? They back. are going. Yeah, back. they're going okay. back, and they're they're gonna they're gonna split the kids up like depending on what your last name is. You're either going there the first two days or the second two days. Are they? And, they're, and that's are, what they're two on, two off. High risk students, perhaps students with uh, respiratory stay issues. They, all, they, they, they get, stay. If you want right. to stay back, you're allowed to stay and back. You just, if you don't want to, if you want to e-learn the entire time, you can. And the system they have set up there, which I thought was incredible, and we first heard about it here on the EP podcast months ago when they had just purchased the system. Before they even trained the teachers on it, they told us about the. We had uh, Eileen O'Reilly who came over. Uh, she's the principal of uh, Mother Macaulay, and she was telling us they set up cameras in all the rooms with screens on them. The girls will have to wear their uniforms when they're at home. And we'll have to go from class to class and check in at the class and be there for roll call and sit through the class. So if they're e-learning, they still have to be in the class while the class is being taught. So half of them will be virtual and the other half will be in the classroom. Is the teacher seeing the stream on the other yes. side? So the teacher is seeing everything that's happening. So the teacher will have a screen. Teacher, and the then teacher, on that- yeah, the teacher's in the classroom. So the teacher's standing at the front and then she can see this screen with her kids on there. And then the rest of the kids are spread out more in the class. The future is here, bro. I know. It's crazy, isn't yeah, it? It really is. Yeah. And so uh, she's done all that. And now she's graduating uh, tomorrow. So like yesterday was like a thing where the, uh, the moms and daughters, a lot of them from the class went to like, you know, Lake Cottage and they did like a little thing for them because, you know, they didn't get to do anything and they were outdoors and stuff. Softball player. Exactly. What, uh, softball? Yeah, she plays some. Uh, no, my daughter. Yeah. Well, she's softball, right-handed though. She's not southpaw. Is that what you said? That's what I asked. No, yeah. no, she's not southpaw. No, okay. we got no lefties. Right. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I mean, it, I don't think it really matters that much in softball as much as it does. Have you ever tried to hit? Uh, have you ever tried to hit a, a, a senior, a, a junior or senior girls fast pitch softball player? Have you ever tried to hit one of those before? Those are hard. It's I, I can't I can't hit it. I was I've tried. I, I, I was coaching it. over at the EPGSL and we had girls at 14 years old that could bring it at 60 some miles an hour and I couldn't get around. But that ball it. moves so yeah, strange. Oh gosh, it, it moves, just moves so yeah, weird, right? It moves in the weirdest way. And half the time I'm thinking, gosh, if it comes out of their hand wrong, they're going to kill me. Yes. Like and I'm diving out of the way. Yeah, exactly. But no, the, it's but the skill, the skill and talent level on some of these gals, seniors, and I mean that it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're 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 very good, and and she she knows. I mean, she even she's very realistic. I mean, the kid's got a the kid batted fifth on the eleven U uh, All Star Championship team, the Illinois Championship team for eleven and under kids. She batted in the middle of the lineup. She's got very realistic expectations. She's like, I'm going to try out. We'll see what happens. Yeah, thank God. She I don't look- really know if I'm going to make them a Macaulay team. Thank God she looks like your wife. <laughs> Can I ask so a beer question? yeah, ask a beer question here while I while I try some of this. All right, so I was going to ask you, John, so how do you decide to try a new beer to come up? Do you just wake up one morning and decide, I want to try something new? Or is this kind of built into like your quarterly plan or your yearly plan? Or is it spur of the moment? Yeah, we have a, we, we schedule out and, and, um, and plan our, our brewing schedule and the beer styles that we brew. A lot of it's driven by seasonality, right? Um, a lot of it's driven by consumer trends and tastes, and, and mostly it's driven by the requests that we receive from our customers and guests in the tap room. Luckily, our brewer, 
Will Turner has been doing this for a very long time. So if you throw any style at him, he's likely brewed it before before in the past, and he's put some effort effort into recipe formulation. The guy can make anything, and he can make anything very well. Uh, so depending on where the trends are, what our guests and customers are asking for, and you know what time of the year it is, that usually will drive what what it is we're brewing. Now we do have a couple flagships, right? So the Speculator Cream Ale, oh, yeah. some of our hazy IPAs like the Lewis Winthrop and the Open Interest, those are on. Uh, those beers are on all the time. But then we will rotate beers around those uh, based on all those other things that I mentioned. Nice, and you know I'm you know Chris and Erica can attest to you. I am not a person to drink dark beers, and I really like this one. This is the uh, which one? The American Stout. It's an American Stout called yeah. Spot Market. Like it's those really hops, good. Like, you get those piney citrus notes in there, which is unexpected. I, I, I get the dark. coffee too. That's what yeah. I like. I get the coffee. I really like it. So she's just gonna sit there and down it. Look, you know I'm gonna tell you something right now with stouts. I think everybody starts on a Guinness. I think that's like a Southside thing. That's a like fair point. Everybody starts on a Guinness. Fair point. Yep. Yeah, everybody starts on a Guinness. And then some people never move off of the Guinness. They just go, well, that's a stout and that's what it is. It's very different, though, when you become like one of these people that hits different beers and you like to try different things. You realize there's so many different types of stouts. Well, even within the stout, within the stout family, there's there's oh, yeah. four or five different defined stout categories. And I become one of those people that likes to have the barrel-aged ones to the point where I'm drinking this going, there's no bourbon in this. Like, that's how bad I've gotten with it where I'm like always expecting something to be in a barrel now. Cause I think people like to put things in barrels and I think stouts are the best things to put in a yeah. barrel, but it's good to have a stout that doesn't have that flavor every once in a while. It reminds me of what I used to like before the barrel stuff came along. So, so the in- innovation and, and evolution in, in the American craft beer uh, scene in the last five to 10 years has been incredible. It's been a ton of fun, but a stout in particular is what we think of or expect in a stout in 2020 is much different than five or 10 years ago. And specifically the sweetness, there has been a drift in the sweetness in stouts over the last couple of years. And a lot of folks now, like when you drink a barrel aged, a barrel aged stout, you're just, you're, you're getting massive amounts of sweetness in, in, in your mouth. And, uh, some of the beers that we've been trying to do have been trying trying to recreate maybe perhaps what a stout would have tasted like five or 10 years ago. Try to remove some of that sweetness, try to reinstall some of those more traditional characteristics that you would have expected uh, before. And, and by, by the way, I am not, I'm happy. I'm having to, a lot of fun with all this innovation and change in, in beer, but it, it is also fun to go back and try to do something that maybe was what was expected five, 10, 15 years ago. And I think this beer in particular, the spot market is, is an attempt to do that. All those less sweetness, and roast and coffee and uh, those those melanoid type notes, um, and then balanced with uh, with those hops. This is this is what an American stout would have tasted like five or ten years ago. Open outcry, one hundred nine thirty four Southwestern Avenue, nearby. Visit John in person. They got an amazing upper deck on top of the roof. Some indoor seating as well. They're allowed to have, and they deliver online, openoutcrybrewing.com. Thank you, my friend, for joining the EP podcast. It is now time for your EP podcast, Word on the Street, brought to you by Unidad a Latin kitchen and bar. Open every day except for Monday. Happy hour, Tuesday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. 
Sunday brunch, 10.30 to 3 o'clock. It's amazing. Incredible outdoor patio. And now open for lunch Tuesday through Friday, 11 to 2 p.m. 3339 West 95th Street. Visit unidadrestaurant.com for more details. The Evergreen Park Library is selling stuff. They're having their annual sale of books, DVDs, VHS tapes, if you still have a VHS player, CDs, and audiobooks. And it kicks off on Monday the 10th. It will go on all week long. You can browse all the items during regular hours. You can fill a bag of books for a buck. 9400 South Troy Avenue over at the library, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. A little bit of news out of the Evergreen Park Girls Softball League. They have shut things down for just a little bit before the playoffs because a coach and a couple of players tested positive for COVID-19. So far, everybody seems like they're going to be okay. The spread seems to have stopped. They updated everybody in their league. They are hoping to be able to restart and finish their season, which was almost done on August the 17th. That's your EP Word on the Street brought to you by Unidad. The EP podcast rolls on, found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at the eppodcast.com. At Cousin Subs, loyalty has its rewards. You love a deli fresh ham and provolone, right? Join the club. You love a made-to-order grilled cheesesteak, right? Join the club. You love Wisconsin cheese curds, right? Join the club. You love rewards too, right? Then join the club. The Cousins Club is Cousin Sub's new loyalty program where you earn points on every purchase, points that are redeemable on all of your favorites. So download our app or sign up online and start earning today. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. And now some of your neighbors in Evergreen Park have brought a Cousin Subs to the EP. 9204 Southwestern Avenue, an extensive, delicious menu with everything made to order, fresh, daily. Dine-in, take-out, delivery. Visit Cousin Subs today, 9204 Southwestern Avenue, or order online, CousinSubs.com. Joining me on the phone line right now on the EP Podcast, we've had their predecessor on a couple of times, but he's moved on, Dr. Robert Maycheck. And now there are two co-interim superintendents for District 124, Dr. Margaret Longo, Dr. Leela Bridges-Webb, both on the line with me right now to talk about the school's reopening plan. And first of all, what a time to have to take over this role. No wonder there has to be two of you. And secondly, welcome on to the program. Oh, thank you, Chris. Good morning. And, and we're so happy to be joining uh, your podcast and um, really excited about sharing with you the, the plans that we've been putting together to start school. Yes, they're, they're daunting times, but, um, you know, we are uh, feel like we're meeting the challenge and we're not doing it alone. We have over 75 people plus a community partnership with Christ Hospital uh, helping us work on a safe opening uh, for schools for our children. How daunting is the task, if you could kind of sum it up for me, because this is something that some school districts have just thrown up their hands and said, we're not even going to try to bring the kids back into the building. I, I want to say, first of all, I commend you for giving it a, a shot here because I think most people understand, and we had Dr. David Beckman, who's a local physician. He's one of the leading people in the area in terms of doing COVID testing. Uh, he did they started doing the drive-up testing, I think, back in March. He was doing the antibody testing before anybody else in the area had it. Uh, he came. He comes on every once in a while and gives us the data, and he was just recently on the show. And I think a lot of people understand that this is more of a safety question for the teachers and also those that the kids may bring the disease back to. Whereas for the kids, 
the mortality rate is extremely low. There's a lot of data that says that it's very hard for them to pass it around, and they're probably the safest of the entire bunch. But you have to deal with a lot of public pressure. You have to deal with a lot of fears and worries of parents, and you have to figure out how you're going to be able to get these kids uh, the best education you can, at least to start off this year, and hopefully by the back end things are better. How daunting is this task for you? Well, you know, you want to talk to us at 3 o'clock in the morning, or do you want to talk to us? <laughs> it's like, two are things that we wake up uh, about at night. One uh, child sick is too many. One staff member sick is too many. So we've been putting uh, systems in place that are uh, processes and procedures, uh, routines and rituals, um, working with our team. So, for instance, every child will have a trifold shield on their desk. Everyone will be required to wear masks, as we are doing right now when we're talking to you. Teachers will travel, children will not. There will always be um, distancing in the classroom. Uh, we purchased PPE for our staff members. Uh, they will be wearing masks. They have the option of putting an additional shield on. If there's private conversations with children, we have additional shield belts. Our offices have plexiglass shields that have been built. Um, it will look uh, different. I mean, it will be a very different start to the school year. And yes, it is daunting, but we know that our children need to be in school. So we're providing, uh, working with our administrators, working with our teachers union, working with our parents, working with our board members to provide the most safe environment for everyone. And again, one person sick is too many for us. So we have um, cleaning and disinfecting procedures in place. Um, bathrooms are going to be disinfected every single hour um, when a teacher, teachers can't uh, use the same space without it being disinfected before they move into that space. We are crossing our T's and dotting our I's and, and, and we um, are praying at the same time. Yeah. In addition to what uh, Dr. Longo just stated, we will have temperatures taken every day before when they enter the building, students and staff. We will also have, we're retrofitting our water fountains so that they are touchless and students can bring their water bottles. Um, again, we talked about the disinfecting and cleaning and disinfecting, um, not only on a daily basis for classrooms, an hourly basis for our restroom areas and other facilities. So we're just trying to do what's best. And you're right, it is daunting. But we believe schools are to do what's best for children and as well as staff members as well. And we believe that we've, again, tried to cross all the T's and, and dotted all the I's. Um, but, uh, and it's exciting, but it's also a little scary. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. You know, I, I have kids at very different levels of education over here, so I feel like I've gotten a good perspective from every age group. I have a daughter that just graduated the eighth grade and is going into high school. She's attending Mother Macaulay. So I've seen what their plan is. And let's be honest, they've got donors over there. They've got some space age system in there with a camera that follows the teachers around. I have a son that's at Most Holy Redeemer in the seventh grade, and he's going to end up staying at Redeemer because he's older. And I'm like, I could send him back to school and I'm used to him being in a mask. But I'll be honest with you. I took my son who went to preschool at Redeemer and I moved him over to District 124 and he'll be attending Southwest this year. And the reason I did that is because I've seen him try to walk around with a mask and I see how difficult it is. And I realize that I might end up having to keep him at home. 
what can you talk a little bit about the challenges with the younger kids? Because, you know, last year when we were doing homeschooling, my daughter who was in the eighth grade and my son who was in six at that point. The two of them, they could get their assignments, do their work, and I barely had to worry about them. It was the little guy that made things so difficult and trying to figure out how I was going to teach him. I, I have a great appreciation for the teachers, especially those that have to deal with the young kids and make sure that they don't get off track. Can you talk a little bit about what you're, how, how you're going to handle those younger kids that may have a problem wearing the mask, may have some difficulties with online learning because they're not as self-sufficient? Uh, we'll be working with the kids. We started sending information out uh, via our newsletter about helping kids practice wearing masks. Um, but we, the, our remote learning is going to look very much like our in-person learning and that there is an expectation that between five and six hours a day, children will be on the computer. We're, we're blessed that we have um, technology one-to-one -one initiative for our children. However, I, you know, I get where you're coming from. I, you know, we've heard from several parents. It's difficult. It's going to be an arduous task, uh, districts that are going full remote, when parents have to go to work and maybe grandparents are picking up the slack. But we're, we're structuring our remote learning um, so that there is face-to-face -face learning uh, remotely with breaks, you know, uh, during the day. But the day is going to look very similar. Now, our littlest ones that are deciding to go remote, kindergarten and uh, pre-K, will have a two-and-a-half-hour day um, because we know a five- to six-hour day is just too much for little ones um, using technology. I, I appreciate what you're saying, and I know how difficult, but we're going to. We are uh, strict in following the guidelines. It's the only way we can keep our entire population safe. I realized that he's going to have such a hard time with the mask. I was like, well, I'm going to end up having to e-learn him. Like, I chose the option, at least for the first, just to kind of see how things go. I was like, well, let's let's see how it goes. He can sit at home for a little bit, and we'll see how everything goes with him. The other two, I'm like, you can wear a mask. I've been watching. Like, I hand the older kids their mask as they walk out the door. I go, if you walk into a place with your friends, make sure you put your mask on and carry around your your hand sanitizer. It's, I, I feel like it's a little simpler with the older kids just because of the fact that once they learn a little bit of responsibility, it's easier for them to be be able to uh, to throw those on and get used to this this new time. Did you have anything that you guys wanted to do that you thought to yourself, like, we'd love to do this, but there's a restriction that stops us from doing it? Or do you feel like everything that's in place right now pretty much was in, in line with what you wanted to do this semester? Oh, there's always, you know, always, for, you know, how about a vaccination would be the first thing that we'd really want, right? Because right. we want all of our kids in school. But, yeah. um, you know, we, we believe we're uh, both advocates of continuous improvement. So we know, you know, for the grace of God, go I. Uh, we know that we will have to be dynamic in our planning um, and making sure that we are very thoughtful um, and when we see issues, that we, we need to address them immediately and follow our plan with fidelity. And so if changes need to be made, it has to be constantly monitored. I think our principals and teachers understand that. Um, you know, we're, we rolled out our reopening plan. Um, we are going to be having a board the whole meeting um, next Thursday. We're inviting parents to ask questions that we can group those questions according to category to ask us questions publicly. Uh, you're right, it's daunting, as you called it earlier. Um, it's um, everybody on every hand on deck, everyone's rolling up their sleeves uh, to make this plan successful. 
you know, we we um, are uh, doing everything. We're following the science. Um, we're doing everything possible to make it a safe uh, learning environment. And so, is there something that we would want? Yes, we want every one of our children to be in school. But relative to the guidelines that come to us from the CDC and the governor, we think they're re they're reasonable, and um, they're not impossible. It's just limiting and 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 having the um, the options offered to us to parents. That may be hard with scheduling, but uh, we're up to it. Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial Representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708-425-1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. If you run into all of a sudden you have a couple of kids that, that come up with COVID, what would be the, the plan? Have you kind of kind of hashed that out a little bit? Like we would close down the classroom or we would close down that floor or we would actually send everybody home for two weeks. Like, is there a threshold where you, because to me, and maybe I'm just a negative person. Like I want, I want my kids back in school, but I'm also very accepting of the fact that at some point I feel like there'll be, there'll be positive COVID tests in the school. I mean, maybe I've, maybe I'm crazy. I just feel like that's, no that this is just something that will eventually something will slip through something. Somebody will end up being positive. That'll show up to the school. What do you guys have anything kind of like in place is what you do. If, if all of a sudden you get some positivity uh, of those are kids that are testing positive or a teacher testing positive in the school. We, we have a very clear, we have an isolation area that's separate from our nurses area. So that child goes in isolation. We're going to have uh, connected resources so that the family can get the child tested we have a procedure put in place that they have to have two negative tests without a fever, et cetera, et cetera. We're following the Cook County Department of Public Health guidelines in that. Now, uh, what what we're hearing from the Cook County Department of Public Health, and, and really if we have any um, communicable disease, we contact the Cook County Department of Public Health. So what we're hearing right now is one child, uh, there's contact tracing, disinfecting, could be a day or two closing, uh, that particular campus. However, they're saying two two cases could close your campus for two weeks. Wow. So we work closely with our uh, Cook County Department of Public Health as well as the Illinois Department of Public Health um, to uh, get guidance in that area. We you know we don't pretend to be medical professionals, um, but we absolutely rely on our um, medical professionals to tell us how we handle. Um, either a case-by-case case or an outbreak um, in any any campus. Dr. Margaret Longo, Dr. Lila Bridges-Webb joining me on the EP podcast. I want to leave you with a more lighthearted question, something that I have been curious about since I realized that we have two co-interim superintendents now running District 124, and in the middle of something like this, or even after this is over, let's say, uh, you guys, I'm sure... We're walking lockstep. You probably share a brain, but there's got to be a moment in time where you don't agree on something. How is that settled? Is it arm wrestling? Is it paper, rock, scissors? Uh, do you do you play a game of uh, paper triangle football against each other? Like, what do you do to settle arguments to make a final decision? 
we 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 take our temperature, and whoever has the lowest temperature wins. <laughs> On a serious note, when we do, we we often do not agree. But not often. Not often. Sometimes we do not agree. <laughs> Look at this, there. You're disagreeing currently about how much you disagree <laughs> with each other. Yeah. But what happens, you look at what is the best outcome, what is the best response that's going to impact children, right? That's our leading question, and that's how we can come up with answers. But we agree at least, what, 95% of the time, 96, 96.2? Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> we do take the temperature. It's awesome. But, but we know it's a joy. I, I I learned from her every day. And vice versa. And vice versa. We are both retired, and but still feel that we can yeah. contribute. We worked together before. Yeah, we we feel, we believe we can contribute to the district, and um, to we we're just not ready to pull over and park yet. So we're, we're so we're so excited to serve yeah. uh, the community of Evergreen Park, uh, and uh, you know we live here in the area and uh, we, we think it's important work. Um, we're honored that they chose us to yeah. share this responsibility uh, and we hope to do the best for yeah. the children and their families. And may I thank you for your observation at the beginning of this um, interview, uh, thanking us for being one of the few. Um, I want you to know that did not go unnoticed. I, I really appreciate that observation. I, I'm going to tell you something. The fact that you're, you're going to try to do this because it's the best thing for the kids speaks volumes to me, and I think it probably speaks volumes to a lot of people. It would be a lot easier to just sit there and say we're going to sit at home. Uh, you guys have taken on a heck of a task, and uh, I'm, I'm rooting for you, as I'm sure everybody in Evergreen Park is. Dr. Margaret Longo, Dr. Leela Bridges-Webb, I, I look forward to a time when this is all passed, and you can come down here and join me at the 9-foot homemade oak bar in my basement where we do the podcast from, and uh, we can laugh about this one day. Oh, we look so forward much. to it. Thank you. podcast comes out every monday on demand 30 minutes of good in a world of dumb friday we put out the weekend update subscribe you'll never miss it thursday night from seven to eight in the evening we are live and while you can call anytime 24 7 and leave us a message at 708-459-8406 some of you like to live chat or call in during that live show and a lot of you like to do it in our overtime session. We're having so much fun sometimes, we actually go past 8 o'clock, and then I just talk about anything. We're going to end the show with a sample of that. Brought to you by Nancy's Home Care. It's a veteran-owned home care agency right here in Evergreen Park. They're also a certified dementia care trainer. If your goal is to keep your loved ones in the safety and comfort of home for as long as possible, you want to contact Nancy's Home Care right now. Nancy's Home Care specializes in helping clients with Alzheimer's, dementia, cancer, stroke, and fall injuries. They provide companion care services such as meal preparation, cognitive stimulation, lighthouse keeping, and medication reminders. Their personal care services consist of help with bathing, dressing, grooming, and ambulatory assistance. Contact them today, 773-966-3003, or visit nancyshomecare.com. This Thursday, 
Another live show, plus overtime, kind of sounds like this. Hello, who's this? This is David from Louisiana. David, how are you? You're interrupting my uh, time that I was nuked by the Russians, but we'll get back to that story in a moment. How can I help you, David? Well, I want you to finish that story, but the way to really scare Cubs fans in, during that time frame was anybody from the bullpen pitching. Anybody. <laughs> All right. All right, David. You want me to finish the story and then you got a question? Yeah. Or what do you want to do here? No, I just got some sports questions for you, but yeah, I, I do want to get into this. Okay. I'm going to put the ICBM story on the, on the side here because we got a caller in the overtime thing. And you go ahead and you tell me uh, here on the overtime in the EP podcast, we do this after the live show every once in a while. You tell me your sports question. I would love to. You just dive right in. I'm ready for you. Let's go. Uh, with the shortened MLB season, do you consider this a an actual season? So whoever wins the championship, do you consider them a valid champion? Absolutely. And I'll tell you why. If you're able to navigate a season in which you are going to have players that are suddenly not going to be in your lineup because they test for COVID, whether it's a false positive or an, a, an, an actual positive, if you're going to have to find a way to navigate a season where another team could take away games that you would have had to play, if you're going to have to play under these conditions and find a way to win and also keep your team healthy, I think this may be one of the more difficult seasons any baseball team will go through. If they win, they totally deserve a World Series championship. I'm telling you that right now, See, they totally, it's a total... Absolutely, I don't care which team wins. If you win, you deserve the World Series championship. And see, that's I feel the same way because the, the difference between baseball and the other leagues is it's really a battle of attrition. You know, if you stay healthy, you get hot at the right time, that kind of thing. That's what you need. Well, now you're not so worried as much about injuries because you still are. But now you have this outside influence from people who are even on your team, you know. And the conspiracy theorist in me says, like, all right, so what if the Yankees and the Red Sox or, you know, the Cubs and the Cardinals or somebody are playing like this series for a play into the playoffs or something, and they hire these people to go to these team hotels and and try to infect other players? I mean, that's the conspiracy theorist in me thinking about it now. You think there's going to be foul play now? Is that what you're trying to tell me? No, that's the conspiracy theorist in me. I I mean, just think about it. Knock it off. Just stop it. Just stop it. There's too many conspiracies already, okay, my friend? There there is enough conspiracies in this world right now. I don't need you adding to them, okay? Just just knock it off. It's the pizza delivery conspiracy. Yeah, there's another one. (laughs) Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com.